0: welcome to the quality of love podcast i'm your host tyrone dixon nationally certified life and relationship coach husband fathers to two beautiful princesses and ceo and founder of a rose through concrete consulting thank you guys for coming out to take a listen in with us tonight we really appreciate it this evening is the kickoff of what has been highly requested and what i promised on last episode with insight from a former narcissist plus i guess you can call it if you're um, not new to my audience obviously you know i do insight from a former narcissist question and answer episodes along with my um, relationship episodes on each and every wednesday evening at 8 p.m um but uh, i must admit insight from a former narcissist has kind of taken on a life of its own it's grown to the point where i frankly have to do an additional episode to make sure i'm getting all the questions in throughout the week which is not a bad thing at all it's not a bad thing at all i appreciate it um i'm loving to see the narcissism thing blow up and go to where it's going now so happy to be here happy to be able to help with some insight from a former narcissist as i am what i consider a former narcissist and for those that are new to my audience and new to the quality of love podcast i did an episode um within my first year of the podcast and in that episode i kind of talked a little bit about my past and kind of how i was in relationships and a lot of the behaviors that i displayed were similar to that of a narcissist um not that i was ever diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder, but I'm pretty sure that if I I went to a clinical professional during that time, I could have been diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder. Um, I was very manipulative, excuse me, womanized. I um, isolated women that I was dating or seeing from their family members and their social support system, all the while appearing to be extremely charming um, and extremely uh, likable and personable. right. So on the surface, a narcissistic individual can uh, can appear, excuse me, to be extremely charming, extremely likable and someone you want to welcome into your home and welcome into your family. But deep down inside, as I was before, um, we are very, very selfish individuals, very self-centered individuals and individuals that pretty much um, view life and the world as my way or the highway. And they're very good quality relationships that we have. So um, that's a little bit about me. If you don't know the total story, feel free to go back and check out the original insight from a former narcissist. Um, as I kind of gave some tips and some things that I experienced or that I um, I portrayed and I projected on people, the type of energy and vibe that I gave off, which was completely negative, And I'm completely against it which is why I created Insight from a Former Narcissist, just to be able to help people navigate, you know what I mean, a little bit of that struggle of being in a relationship with somebody you love and somebody you want the best for, but then also knowing that that person is uh, not good for you, right, because they're so selfish, they're so self-centered, and they want to keep you away from your support system, your support network, all right, so that's a little bit of Insight on Insight from a Former Narcissist, let's get into this uh, not, I guess it wouldn't be a Nagra episode, but let's get into this next episode where I answer five questions, again, that have overflowed from our question and answer sessions that you can catch on each and every Wednesday evening. First question, why do narcissists hate or why do narcissists not love their wives? Again, that question is, why do narcissists not love their wives? When we talk about narcissists and narcissism, um, it's not that they don't love people right but it's the simple fact that they love themselves more than they love you right so for example if you're married to an individual who's a narcissist it can appear as if they don't care about you or don't love you because they don't meet your needs or they struggle with meeting your needs when in fact the reality is they may love you but they feel like their needs supersede yours and yours don't matter right so that can give up the vibe that or give off the vibe that um, they don't love you or don't care for you when they might, but they just care for themselves more, which which puts you in a, um extremely awkward position because now you have to make a decision for yourself. And if you have children for your children as well, do you want to continue to go on in this relationship with this individual who is giving you this this vibe that they will never meet your needs or they don't love you? Or do you want to start a new life and start kind of creating a new path, which won't be easy? So don't let me uh don't let me fool you by just saying that it. it won't be easy. But that's a decision that you have to make and that you can you can make only because it's a very personal decision. But when it comes to narcissists, they it's not that they don't love people or love their significant, significant other. It's just that they love themselves more. Question number two, do narcissists tend to cheat on their partners more than others? Again, that question is, do narcissists tend to cheat on their partners more than others? Uh, I wouldn't be able to put an exact number to it, but I say that when it comes to being in a relationship with a narcissistic individual, per my experience, narcissists do cheat at an extremely high rate. And it's because we're self-centered in a lot of cases as individuals. When we're thinking along the lines of we want to get what we want out out of a situation, or out of a person or out of a relationship. So um, we do tend to act off impulse in that regard and that we will, will cheat and think that it's okay or worse, I've seen many a narcissist and I've done this in the past too, cheat and then trying to find a way to flip it on you and make you feel bad or make you feel as if it's your fault that we cheated, which is not excusable at all. It's never another person's fault. That their partner cheated on them, but I will say again, in dealing with the narcissistic individual, they do cheat at an extremely high rate because they feel like it. The world is their oyster, so to speak. Question number three: What do narcissists regret from relationships? Once again, that question is: What do narcissists regret from relationships? I would say the biggest thing that I've I've seen narcissists regret in relationships is being figured out and held accountable for their actions in relationships in which someone's figured them out and begins to hold them accountable for their actions, they start to feel uncomfortable and they start to kind of um, lose grip on their own false reality, right? So that that usually tends to make them regret. Um, also, when they lose a good supply, for those of you who are new to the show, a supply in, in narcissistic terms or in the narcissistic world, is a person that a narcissist is in a relationship with and they're enabling the narcissist to continue their negative behavior and continue on in their ways so Um, if they lose a good supply, that's another situation in which I've seen a narcissist have regret in relationships. But in most cases, I'm going to be honest with you, individuals that are narcissists are allowed to be narcissists for so long and enabled to be narcissists for so long that they don't tend to regret much. They just move from one supply to another supply. Question number four, how could a narcissist who is a coward, a thief, a thief, and an evil person want a relationship? Once again, that question is, how could a narcissist who is a coward, a thief, and an evil person want a relationship? Well, that's where those type of people thrive in relationships like that, honestly, in um, relationships in which they can be covered by good people in um, relationships in which good people tend to see the best in them and want the best for them. So they keep allowing them to display behaviors that's just generally unacceptable. Those are the best relationships. And it sounds to me, and please, if I'm offending you, Feel free to email me again and get back to me and let me know. But it sounds a little bit like you're either in a relationship with a narcissistic person or recently been in one where you don't understand how they can be a coward and steal from you and be evil, but you still you still with them. Right. So you are part of the, the um, enabling of the narcissistic individual and letting them continue to, to display these behaviors. Right. If you really want to um, put an end to these behaviors or put an end to a narcissist, stepping out of line with people, hold them accountable for their actions. And you'll see that they'll leave you alone and they may find someone else. Unfortunately, not everyone in the world is willing to stand their ground, but try to stand your ground and stay away from that person. And finally, question number five, how do you stop yourself from taking a narcissist back? Once again, that question is, how do you stop yourself from taking a narcissist back? That's a really good question. Um, What I've done in the past when I've had a relationship with a narcissistic individual is two things. One, I love symbolism. So personally, I'm I'm big on symbolism, big on visuals. Um, And I learned this visual from Neuro Linguistic Programming slash NLP, If you want to look it up, but there is this visual where you write a letter to your loved one, right? And you express everything that you want to tell them, everything that went right, everything that went wrong in a relationship. And then you do something with the letter, right? You can put it in a bottle and throw it into the water or something like that. What I did was I burned it. My personal visual was burning it. Um, And after I did that and burned the visual, um, anytime that I used to think about a partner in the past, my mind will automatically just go back to the visual of the the letter burning up. And that was kind of my visual in my mind until eventually I didn't think about those partners anymore. So that's what I would do um, first. Uh, and then secondly, uh, it's, it's a little more extreme, but I have to admit I've done it in the past. And that is to any time that you think about your partner or your former partner in this situation that was a narcissist, think of like the worst thing that they did to you. That was just like, oh, this is the breaking point. I'm never going back again. And um, just keep replaying that movie in your mind and over time. And again, this is extremely painful. So I do do not encourage you to do it um, or invite you to do it if you are of the weaker heart. That is um, thought over time, you'll realize that just the thought of that person brings pure disgust to you and you won't want to deal with them in that manner ever again. All right, there it is. The kickoff of Insight from a Former Narcissist, man. Thank you so much for getting those questions in. The overflow of questions. I'll continue to stay on top of the question and answer episodes along with our new segment, Insight from a Former Narcissist. Of course, I'm so appreciative and love you guys. The love is overflowing over here at the Quality of Love podcast. So much so. That I want to introduce you guys to something else that I learned. Well, I didn't necessarily learn about it, but I was invited to try it for the show. And I just thought it was the dopest idea. And I learned it in the Black Media Mogul Maker class that I've been telling you guys about that I've been taking over the past X amount of weeks or so. Um, We're coming up on our 10th week in in our uh, final pitch competition. So that'll be fun. But I uh, I have five ingredients for a lasting relationship. So I'm going to start leaving you with these five ingredients for ev- on every episode of the Quality of Love podcast, man, because I really believe in them. And I believe if you put them into your relationship, your relationship can grow to a point where uh, it's lasting and it's strong. The very first thing is trust. Um, trust is as is thrown around cliche so much so it's a cliche now. But I really believe that all relationships have to have trust as the foundation. If you don't trust your partner, then there's, it's very hard to build from a point of no trust in a relationship. So trust is number one. Number two is communication. And my caveat to communication is dialogue, right? It's not just talking to someone. It's having dialogue back and forth with your partner, listening to them having them listen to you and then actually doing or acting upon what they're asking you to do, right? Making sure their needs are being met to your to the best of your ability and making sure that your needs are being met to the best of their ability, man. And and just keep the circle of love going. Number three is knowing your partner's love and apology languages. You guys know how big I am on love languages and apology languages, man. You have to know in order for a lasting relationship, you have to know how to please your partner in a loving manner. And also, we all mess up within our relationship. So it's best to know how to apologize to your partner in a way that they genuinely feel the apology and make sure that you don't do it again or you'll try your best not to make that mistake again. Number four is the ability to shift with dynamics. When I say shift with dynamics, dynamics and life, everything is always changing around us within relationships. So in all lasting relationships, one of the things that I've found that's that's to be true is the ability to shift with dynamics, right? So when you have kids, when you get married, Um, when unfortunate death happens in families or when parents get more involved or less involved in your relationship, just having the ability to communicate and shift with the ever-changing dynamics in life I found has been pivotal to any person that has a lasting relationship that I've personally had a conversation with. And then last but certainly not least is unconditional acceptance, right? You guys know how much I love unconditional acceptance here at the Quality of Love podcast. I firmly believe in it. Unconditional acceptance is accepting your partner for exactly who they are, but also understanding that they're working to become the best person that they possibly can be. No relationship can exist, lasting relationship that is, can exist without unconditional acceptance. I, don't, I refuse to believe that it can. And if you can prove me wrong, I dare you to try. Right. So those are the five ingredients. Trust, communication with dialogue, knowing your partner's love and apology languages the ability to shift with the dynamics in the relationship, and unconditional acceptance. Five ingredients for a lasting relationship, man. That's all I have for you guys this evening. Don't forget to hit us up at tqlp20 at gmail.com with any questions that you have. Again, that's tqlp20 at gmail.com. Or feel free to hit us up on our Facebook page, the Quality of Love Podcast. And we on Patreon too, man. So, Let's get, those, get, let's get some dollars up around here too. And remember, the quality of love and relationship that you have in your life will determine the quality of your life. Peace and love.